Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of The Draft Room, NFL Insights and Analysis. I'm Patrick Rossiello with my good friend Jacob Brodson. And our first episode is the Super Bowl episode. Super Bowl only in a couple days now. Jacob, who you got in this one? Honestly, Patrick, I think it's going to be the Eagles. Um, I just honestly, we'll get into it in a second, but I just think all season they've really shown you just why they're the Super Bowl winning team. Um, I just think like they're really sound. I, as exciting as it would be for us to have a, a heated debate here, I have to agree with you. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs won. Like I think it'll be a very close, exciting Super Bowl. I think it'll be one of the best Super Bowls in the last couple of years. But I just I, I think the Eagles have a slight edge in this one. I mean, we'll talk about why in a second. Like first of all, um, to kind of transition to complimenting the Chiefs a little bit. In terms of advantages they have, I think um, an intangible one almost is experience level. Like, obviously, the Chiefs were only – they were in the Super Bowl, what, two years ago, and then they won it three years ago. Obviously, you know, the Eagles were in it five years ago, but this is a different Eagles team. Different head coach in Sirianni. It's not the same Doug Peterson team. Different quarterback, different skill positions on offense. There are only a couple of players overlapping, which is like uh, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey – um, some D linemen like Cox and Graham, and then their long snapper Rick Lovato. But other than that, there aren't really any common links between last Eagles Super Bowl winning team and their team this year. Whereas the Chiefs, I mean, this is going to be Mahomes' third Super Bowl, and I think I think that experience for him is really valuable. Um, and there are a lot of Chiefs players on both sides of the ball that you know were on the Super Bowl winning team that they had three years ago, and the team that lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl two years ago. Definitely, Patrick, and I think something that's really important to highlight about the Eagles is that they have no injuries right now. You know, I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, especially the receiving core, they're beat up. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, questionable for this game. And uh, McCole Hardman, we know, will not be available for this game. So, you know, particularly in that receiving core, um, it, might, it might pose some challenges for Patrick Mahomes um, in terms of the weapons that he has to throw to the ball. Uh, I mean, I look to Sky Moore to step up in that case. Um, I don't know who else they, they brought up to be on the practice squad, um, brought up from the practice squad rather, but, uh, I definitely think that that's going to be, um, a particular interesting point in this game. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I know both of us were high on Sky Moore in the draft process last year. Um, so if he would step up, that'd be huge for this Chiefs team. But I mean, I, I was one who I thought the Chiefs were going to be good this year. I definitely thought they were going to make the playoffs. I didn't expect them to come back to the Super Bowl a year removed from losing Tyreek Hill in that trade. Uh, I think it really just shows how well built the offense is, how um, how Travis Kelsey is just a true. He's such a versatile weapon. He's really one of the best number one um, passing targets in the league. I think you have to say, and um, so I think I think Mahomes has also shown that he can. He can win games. He can put up huge numbers without receivers. But, I mean, obviously you'd rather have those receivers healthy. So what kind of injuries are we looking at for that group? The Chiefs will be without wide receiver McCole Hardman for this game. You know, they'll definitely lose uh, a big burst of speed without him. Uh, Kadarius Toney and Juju Smith-Schuster did practice on Monday. So the Chiefs are hoping they can have him back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, like, like we said, uh, Sky Moore, although he hasn't been what – they thought that they drafted him for yet. Um, I still have high hopes for him. Yeah, I, I think his ceiling's super high as well. 
I mean, yeah, definitely. They drafted him as kind of a gadget player, kind of to replace that Tyreek Hill role. Um, I know that he's been returning kicks. He had a huge return in the Bengals game and another one that got called back uh, due to a penalty. But, uh, and I mean, while we're on it, why don't we talk about that Bengals game? Yeah, that was um, that was a tough one. Uh, one of my good friends is a big Bengals fan. Shout out to Jason if you're listening. It it was a tough game to watch just because, you know, I was watching the game with him, trying to root for the Bengals. It was, um, I know the refs received so much heat for that game. I think the refing this year has been really bad. I think it's an area that definitely needs to clean up. But I, to be completely honest with you, Jacob, I don't think the refs, the referees in this game played as big of an impact as people like to talk about. Like the, you know, the, the repeat of the third down everyone's talking about. That was a really bad case of officiating, but it didn't really change anything. The Chiefs ended up punting on that drive. Um, obviously, you know, the, the call that really had the most impact on the game was the late hit out of bounds from Joseph Osai as uh, Mahomes was running out of bounds there when they're trying to get in field goal range, and Chiefs ended up winning that one. I mean, I don't think anyone's saying that was a bad call, right? I mean, it was, it was pretty clearly a late hit. Obviously, you'd rather the penalty not happen, but it happened. You have to call it. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the name of the game in the NFL right now is player safety. Um, and it, these, these calls are tough. You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to make that call in the moment. You know, when there's contact, and even if there's a little bit of selling action from the quarterback, yeah. you've got to call it if you're the ref. Yeah, I mean, like, especially from a defensive perspective, I can totally get I've seen a lot of players like uh, Micah Parsons and Jaquan Briskert on Twitter talk about how, you know, these these rules, these new penalty rules in the last couple of years in the NFL are just making it almost impossible to play defense. And especially when there are bad calls that don't adhere to the rules, it's like from the defender's perspective, what else are you supposed to do? You know, it's football. It's a physical game. I mean, I'm sure all these players know what they signed up for. Obviously, player safety should definitely be something prioritized in the league. And I think the NFL is doing a good job of that, uh, minus the Tua Tonga-Vailoa stuff. But and I agree. And I think you look at this matchup between the Chiefs and the Eagles, and when you've got a front seven like the Eagles do, I mean, you've got to imagine um, that Sirianni is, is just preaching to these players to avoid oh, yeah. the penalties. I bet. It's, um, it's, and from a fan's perspective, too, I'm sure there's, there won't be a more disappointing sight this Sunday than a ton of yellow on the field. I mean... I'm sure the only thing fans out there want, um, obviously, aren't Chiefs or Eagles fans. Just want to see an exciting, fast-paced matchup between two great football teams. Hopefully, there won't be as many injuries or uh, penalties as there have been in other playoff games this year. But um, as we talk about that, let's just go back to the matchup at hand. You like the Eagles. I like the Eagles. Let's talk about why. You know, the Eagles' dominance this season points to one thing, and that's the dominance of their offensive line. Um, I mean, supporting a quarterback through 760 rushing yards this season, um, you know, protecting him enough to throw 22 touchdown passes, um, it's pretty impressive. And I think not only for Miles Sanders, who's got 1,269 rushing yards on the season, which is important because he's splitting carries, yeah. um, but just overall a dominant rushing attack um, from the Eagles. And when you have that type of dominant rushing attack, you can completely control the game. Yeah, and it's... There's something to be said about the leadership up front here, too. I mean, we talked about um, how not many Eagles are on the squad that were on the Super Bowl winning team from a few years ago. But some of those players, I think uh, their whole right side of the offensive line, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Samalu, and Lane Johnson, they were all on that team. 
And uh, Isaac Samalu is one of the least highlighted, probably, uh, offensive line setters for the Eagles. But he can more than hold his own out there at right guard. And then, obviously, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson just seem like every year pro bowler, first team all pro. I mean, they're as, as good as they come, you know? Um, Jason Kelsey, huge leader for this Eagles team, and also has a surprisingly good singing voice, if you caught that uh, Christmas album from the Eagles offensive line earlier this year. Probably not better than Jordan Mailata, but he is a pretty good voice. Um, anyways, yeah, the rushing attack here, it's just the 49ers had a great defense, and the Eagles were just able to run all over that. I mean, Jalen Hurts' rushing attack makes it so much harder for the defenses, too, because on the Eagles run so many play actions, and I think they even have a built-in read option on all running plays. So it's like, if you're a defense, you can't just collapse on Sanders or Gainwell or whoever's in the backfield there, because you have to deal with the threat of Jalen Hurts taking off and running. So that, that added into the whole equation just makes it so much harder for defenses to stop the run. I mean, when it's, when it's third and short, I mean, it's game over. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they run the most, probably the most efficient quarterback sneak I've ever seen in my life. It is, um, it is something to behold. I mean, I'm a big Bears fan. I was, um, I was at the Bears-Eagles game this year, and there was one play from the goal line. I think it was either a third and goal or fourth and goal. Uh, the Eagles were lined up in that, um, in that quarterback sneak formation that they've run so much at the goal line and fourth and short, third and short this season. And... The entire Bears front was just right up in the middle of the line, waiting for them to snap the ball, and the Eagles just snapped it, and instead of doing their normal quarterback sneak, um, Jalen Hurts just kind of like tucked it and ran sideways to the left because all the Bears defenders were pinching inside the middle, thinking that that's where it's going to go, and it was like the easiest walk and touchdown I've ever seen. Also, in some other games, I know in the Cowboys game uh, a month and a half ago-ish, they ran that formation where quarterback sneak formation where, you know, they fake the quarterback sneak by the, from the formation look, and then they pitch it wide to Sanders, who then has so much room on the outside because of how much the defense is bunched in towards the middle of the field on those plays. So they just have, they have such a multitude of opportunities in the run game uh, because of the scheme built by Nick Sirianni, because of this offensive line. It's something to behold, and the passing game is great as well. So it's just, they just look like such a complete team here. Exactly, Patrick. I mean, like, when you think about bringing in a big-name wide receiver like A.J. Brown this offseason, you know, you knew that he was going to have a huge effect on the team. You didn't know that he was going to be this impactful. Um, I yeah. mean, the, the numbers here speak for themselves. 88 receptions, 1,400-plus uh, yards this season. He's almost at 1,500, and 11 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I remember we were in the, the same room watching the draft with some friends last April when uh, I saw on my phone on Twitter early, I didn't say I don't want to spoil it, but sometimes those tweets come in before it comes in on the TV, and I saw the Eagles traded their pick to the Titans for and a couple other picks for A.J. Brown, and I'm just sitting there like, oh my goodness. I, I was, I've been so big on A.J. Brown since he's come into the league. I think he is, he's so fat, he's huge. He has good hands, but what takes the game to the next level for me is just what he can do after the catch. He's so big, he's hard to bring down, he's explosive. He's everything you want, I think, in a number one receiver. And all that paired with the fact that, you know, he's got the run game to support the pass. I mean, he's, it, as a defense, it's a nightmare to cover all the, all the weapons that the Eagles have. <laughs> that's, that's, no, yeah. that's without mentioning Devontae Smith, who's had an incredible breakout year. Yeah, we, we'd be totally remiss to not mention him. Obviously, uh, How about Dallas Goddard, yeah, too? It's, they, have, they have so much talent on this offense. 
Uh, A.J. Brown's obviously the number one guy, but Devontae Smith in his second year has had such a great season. Um, he's just, he's such a great athlete. His one concern going in to the draft process a few years ago was his size. He's been able to stay on the field. I mean, there, there's uh, he, plays where he makes jump catches oh, yeah, on, he, he, he on plays, quarterbacks that are, you know, much, much bigger than he yeah, is. Yeah, he, he's one of these guys, like a similar guy, I think, is Jahan Dotson, who, guys who aren't huge, but they play like much bigger than their frame suggests they have huge catch radiuses incredible hops Devonte smith just such a great athlete such great a good route runner great and route runner he's the best compliment you could ever want to a guy like aj brown and it just seems like when the eagles are third and long and you know it's looking like they're not going to convert Devonte smith is somewhere out there yeah exactly and it's dallas goddard like you mentioned uh, easily a top ten tight end in this league. He's top a, ten. I mean, top top, top five. Seven, top five, maybe. You yeah, know? arguably so. top five. Probably top five, I'd say. And um, he's he can do everything. I mean, he's he's great in the run game, in line as a blocking tight end. And we've seen what he can do the last few years as a passing threat. Now, um, wide receiver three for the Eagles isn't on the field much just because of how much they run with multiple running backs, stuff like that. But when he is on the field, Quez Watkins, one of the fastest players in the NFL, um, he's a name to look out for that I think he's not one of the more well-known names on this Eagles offense, but he can play. He's such an electric player, so fast. Sometimes they use him in the run game for some end rounds. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see if how often and in what ways Sirianni will call up his number. For sure, Patrick. And I remember when they drafted Quez, um, you know, I was a really big fan of John Hightower, who they took out of Boise State yeah. um, in the, the round before they took Quez. Um, and honestly, Quez beat him out, you know. It yeah. doesn't matter that he was, a, he was a smaller draft pick or a later round draft pick. He's been great. Um, and I think, like, he can definitely be that guy for the Eagles to take the top off the defense. So For sure. He's a sneaky guy that the defense might not be keyed to as much in their um – when they watch film. But, All right, let's move on to the offense of the Chiefs. What, what do we have to say about the offense of the Chiefs? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, as much as it pains me to say, because, you know, the Bears could have got this guy. Everyone knows that. And they ended up going with Trubisky in that draft. But that's in the past. We don't need to talk about the Bears in this episode. This is a Super Bowl episode. The Bears are very distanced from that conversation right now. Patrick Mahomes, in my eyes, I don't really think it's a debate that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean... He's a superhuman athlete. It's incredible to see what he dials up every game, it seems like. And I can't help but root for him. I mean, he is just such an incredible athlete. Could win his second Super Bowl this Sunday. It's just... Totally agree, Patrick. Yeah. Think think about it this way. I mean, even when he's on one foot... He's he's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I, there's there's no stopping this guy. And, you know, getting ready for, you know, this Super Bowl. I just think that his experience is going to play a huge factor. Yeah, like, he's a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts. I'm not exactly sure what the age difference is there, but I'm sure it's pretty small. But Patrick Mahomes has played in as many playoff games as some of the top-level quarterbacks of all time. Like, they've, the Chiefs have been in the playoffs the last seven years. The last five years, they've at least made it to the AFC Championship, which is just nuts to think about. And those five years are the five years where Mahomes has been on the team. This is, like we said before, this is his third Super Bowl appearance. And in his second Super Bowl that he played in, where the Chiefs got destroyed by the Buccaneers, it seemed like he couldn't outrun that pass rush, he still played a great game. There were some very out-of-character drops from that Chiefs offense in that game. 
And Mahomes was running for his life the entire time, but just made so many incredible off-platform throws, stuff like that. So this is probably the toughest test the Eagles defense has had all season. I mean, obviously the Chiefs are the representative out of the AFC. I don't think there's a better offense than football, except maybe the Eagles. I would agree with that. And I, I just think, like, like, what did they add to this, this offense that's so incredible? Um, and I don't think it's much. You know, like, they got rid of Tyreek Hill in the trade. They brought on Juju Smith-Schuster. His impact's been, like, okay this, yeah. this year. Like, yeah, he's definitely not a number one target. Um, but the one that I really look to and, and the one that I think is going to have a lasting impact on the league is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, you know, they drafted this guy in the seventh round out yeah. of Rutgers. He is quite the story. Um, I, I was watching um, a video that I saw on him on Instagram and just talking about all the um, tough times that he's gone through in his life and how he puts that into every single run that he makes on the field. Yeah, always, um, always love to root for a guy like that. And, and you see it. You know, when you watch him on the field, he's running harder than any other guy out there. I just think what a, what a story. What a rookie. The Chiefs got a great one. Yeah, I, I have to admit I was one of his preseason doubters. I know um, after the, the couple months after the draft, but before the start of this regular season, you know, fantasy talk is going wild everywhere on the internet. People are talking about, oh, late round steal Isaiah Pacheco. And I'm reading this like I just didn't really believe in him. I mean, he's a, let's say what he is. He's a power rusher. He's a very powerful back, runs harder than any running back in the league right now probably. But I, I had doubts about, you know, his explosiveness, his burst, and his vision. But it seems like those things haven't really been a problem in this offense, and he's taking on a good role, you know? Obviously, the passing offense is what you look for with Mahomes, but the running game can catch you off guard sometimes. So, yeah, we'll definitely look for Pacheco to have a big day on Sunday. And, I mean, it's not, it hasn't just been Pacheco. Um, I mean, he's been producing well uh, while running besi- uh, right beside Jarek McKinnon. And also, um, it was said that Qu- Clyde edwards alaire we put off uh taken off ir oh yeah i did see well. that so he'll be well, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he has because obviously um second or third year now in the nfl out of, was a first round pick out of lsu and the chiefs just it seems like he hasn't really fit in with them i mean he got put on ir but even before that he was losing touches to mckinnon and pacheco even ronald jones who is listed as fourth on the depth chart behind the air but it's going to be interesting he's been hurt for a while now but I'd assume he probably won't get much run just because he's been out for so long. So it seems like them promoting him back to the active roster from IR is more of a depth concern. But yeah, it'll be interesting to look out for. I'll definitely be surprised if he gets more touches than anticipated. And I just think that's so interesting, right? Like you've got guys that, you know, you drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you picked Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round and you picked up Jarek McKinnon off the street, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny um, just how the hierarchy goes in the Chiefs running back, uh, running back situation, just kind of funny. Yeah, that's why I think you see less and less running backs being taken in the first round nowadays. And I, th- I don't think it was a shock to most people to see Alaire, Edwards Alaire go number 32 overall the year after they won the Super Bowl. I mean, he was a good player, one of the better running backs in the class, but he just really hasn't been able to carve out much of a role for himself on that offense. Now, um, as we mentioned before, um, the Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers two years ago. Many people pointed the fingers of the offensive line. Mahomes was running for his life. It seemed like they didn't really have any help up front. Well, the last couple of years, they've totally revamped that group. Um, 
traded for Orlando Brown. I think they gave up a first-round draft pick for him. So their offensive line across now is uh, Orlando Brown. Left to right, it's Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Andrew Wiley at right tackle. And you got guys like Prince Tago Wanogo and Nick Allegretti as their depth guys that can be on extra plays like that. But a couple things I want to point out. Obviously, I think we can agree the protection's been better than it was in that that year when they lost in the Super Bowl. But they've kind of found their um their great offensive linemen in interesting places. Like you mentioned with the Pacheco thing. Like he was a seventh round pick and they kinda, as you put it, picked up Jarek McKinnon off the streets. Exactly. And it's yeah. like Edwards Alaire was a first round pick and those two guys have gotten more run in that offense than he has. And of course injury plays into that, but still, you I mean you look at this offensive line their blindside guy, their left tackle, Orlando Brown Jr., was a Pro Bowl guy in Baltimore before he got traded. That was their big move. They gave up like a first-rounder, like I said, to get him. And it's panned out? It's panned out for the offensive line, but Orlando Brown has not been one of these premier guys that they thought he would be. Like, I see people talking about, for the Bears offseason, oh, they should go after Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown, I think if you ask any Chiefs fan, has been rather disappointing. I mean, he's not like, obviously, I wouldn't call him a bad player, but for how much they gave up for him, I think he hasn't really played as expected. And now when you look at these strong pieces on the offensive line, you look to free agent guy Joe Tooney they got a couple years back. And then also um, Creed Humphrey and Shrey Smith, guys that they've gotten in the draft the last couple years, have been absolutely huge. If I'm not mistaken, I think Creed Humphrey was taken in the second or the third round, um, center from Oklahoma, I think a couple years ago. But... Trey Smith, the right guard, I think he's in his second year. I'm pretty sure they took that guy in like the sixth round or something crazy like that. And he's carved out an unquestioned starting role. So there aren't many uh, weak links on this Chiefs team. But um, I think now it's time to talk about the only thing we haven't really talked about on their offense, which is probably I think we can all agree their second best player on offense at the tight end position. Travis Kelsey. I mean, let's just let the numbers speak again. 1,300 uh, receiving yards this year, 12 Absolutely touchdowns crazy. on 110 receptions. Um, I mean, he's Patrick Mahomes' guy. He's yeah. crunch time, um, anytime. He's Travis Kelsey, and he's getting the ball. Yeah, and in the playoffs, um, Bengals game and Jaguars game, it seemed like he was getting 20 catches a game in both of those. It was just nuts how often they were targeting him. It seems like, you know, it seems like from a defensive perspective, opposing defenses – they should be looking to stop the Mahomes to Kelsey connection. You know, that's the main. He's just so hard to guard. Exactly. Man. It's he's... just what are you going to do to stop him? He's, he's, I think, we could, probably, I'd say, easily a top three tight end of all time. Like the only guys I think that you could put in that conversation with him are um, former Chief Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski. Um, I think an iconic moment with him was last week when, you know, he was, he was, he was kind of. Um, Talking, talking his talk with yeah. the Cincinnati oh, yeah. fans because I, yeah, because I, he was a Cincinnati Bearcat. So um, I just thought that that was really funny. Yeah, something I loved from that. Um, the week before, the Cincinnati mayor made some post on social media, like officially calling Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead, because you know before that game, the Chiefs had been zero three against the Bengals since they've had Joe Burrow, and they've all been in pretty big games. And my roommate was telling me, my roommate Jason was telling me. You know, like he was saying, that's a ballsy thing to do because if they lose the game to the Chiefs, oh my God, that mayor is not getting reelected, right? It's like, I'm sure there's no hated person more in Cincinnati right now than him because of how much weird talk he talked. 
prior to that game. But then, you know, in the award ceremony afterwards, Travis Kelsey called him a jabroni, told him to stay in his lane. It was just a um, tough look there for the Cincinnati mayor. But and, yeah. and speaking of Kelsey, I mean, we got we got a hell of a matchup with the Yeah, we can't, the we, we can't not talk yeah. about it. I'm sure some people out there listening might be a little bit tired of hearing this from, you know, every uh, – Every different platform on social media, every outlet, but we have to talk about it. I mean, this is the first time it's ever happened. It, I mean, exactly. Uh, I know I was watching a video earlier about Donna Kelsey, uh, mother to, to Jason and, uh, and Travis. And I just think, like, imagine being a mother and having both of your kids um, playing on the field like so- together, against each other. Um, and she's getting a Super Bowl win either way. Um, I just think that that's like really cool. Yeah, that's. I know she, at some uh, Eagles Chiefs games in the past, she uh, she has this jersey. It's like split down the middle, half Eagles, half uh, Chiefs. But another thing that's just remarkable about this matchup is it's not like you know, oh, two guys that are like bench players or backups. It's two perennial Pro Bowlers who are arguably the best in their position at, in the NFL. I think Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL, and I think Jason Kelsey is the best center in the NFL. They're both so good at what they do. To, I'm sure Donna's as proud of a mother as there are out there. And it's just, I mean, you, you cannot speak to how good both these players are. I think Jason Kelsey goes under the radar sometimes as one of the elite players in the NFL just because, you know, he's not a skill position like his brother Travis. He's a center. He's an offensive lineman. Doesn't get talked about as much in the media, but my God, he is just, he is as dominant as they come up front. I mean, I think both of these guys are going to end up in the Hall of Fame, and it's just, I mean, what they both do for their respective offenses is a sight to behold, to say the least. For sure. Let's move on to the defense, because I think that, you know, you can't talk about the Eagles without how dominant their front seven's been this year. The secondary has stepped up. Um, you know, yeah. even, even through injuries, guys like Reed Blankenship. Oh, uh, he's, he's stepped up in the absence of C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Exp- I mean, exactly. The rookie out of Middle Tennessee. Um, yeah. You love to see it. You yeah, really it's um, something of where I want to start first for this Eagles defense. That since, um, obviously, their previous Super Bowl run was Doug Peterson and not Sirianni. But they did the same thing that year, which I think is just incredible. On the defensive line, they don't have four starters. They have, like, seven, eight starters. They run a rotation to keep their guys fresh. Like, if you look at these guys they have, you know, on their depth chart here, it says they're starters. Um, you got Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave, and Fletcher Cox up front. And then you also got um, Hassan Reddick rushing off the edge. All those guys, incredible players. But then if you look at their bench, it's like – these guys on the depth chart, they're not just Jordan backups. Davis. Yeah, they're, exactly. I mean, they're not backups. They rotate in to keep them all fresh. So you're going to have, the, yeah, the Chiefs' offensive line is going to have their work cut out for them this Sunday. You got, besides the guys I already mentioned, um, Jordan Davis, you got, you have Milton Williams, third round pick from a year ago. Like both those guys could start on any other defensive line in the league, and they're just rotating in here for the Eagles. Um, Jordan Davis is just a monster in the run game. When he was hurt, their run defense really took a hit. So I'm sure they're very grateful he's back out there on the field. And then speaking of his injury, um, GM Howie Roseman, you have to give him a ton of credit in all phases for how he built the Eagles roster. But something I think is just great that I want to see more GMs do for teams that are competing for a title. When Jordan Davis went down with injury and their run defense took a hit, he signed two free agent veterans on the defensive line in Linville Joseph and Adama Kingsu. 
So the guys they have on their defensive line, really, really just, they got so many of them. They could all start, like I said, in other teams, and they're just rotating them in and out to keep them fresh and healthy, confuse the offense with different looks. The last guy I want to mention, Robert Quinn, former Bear. He actually, from last season, holds the Bears' franchise record for most sacks in the season. He hasn't been that impactful for the Eagles. They traded a fourth-round pick to the Bears for him uh, at this trade deadline. But obviously, like a guy like Robert Quinn, who you can just have fresh all the time, not playing as every a snap. depth piece, exactly, just rotating in when you have guys like Graham Sweat or Reddick that just need a breather for a second. It's got to be a defensive coordinator's dream, and I'm sure Jonathan Gannon is just thrilled that he has the players on his defense that he has, and they're set up for the future too. Oh, for sure. It's this isn't one of the this isn't a team like they're definitely not yeah. a one and done. I if no, they yeah. whether or not they win this year. They'll um, be back for sure. They will be back. It's, this isn't a team like the Rams who went all in trading so much draft capital for um, guys like Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford to win that Super Bowl. You know, we see what position the Rams are in now. They have no first round pick because they traded it. I mean, they, they, they it's weren't a good. Multi, multi-year rebuild for the Rams. Yeah. Now Sean McVay again and talks to possibly retire. We don't know. I'm sure he'd be a great analyst on uh, Fox NFL Sunday, but... You know, I'm sure Rams fans hope that he stays for sure. But it's just, this Eagles team, they got a first-rounder from the Saints, so they have the 10th overall pick in the draft this year, as well as either the 30th or 31st. The first round this year, of course, only 31 picks because of the tampering incident from the Dolphins. Their pick is forfeited. I mean, it's but almost unfair, it's, it's It's just, I remember a few years ago when Eagles fans were getting on, you know, their GM, Howie Roseman's case, obviously... You have to admit, it was a blunder when they didn't select Justin Jefferson, took now teammate of Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, over Jefferson in that draft. He's never seemed to have been able to hit on a receiver in the draft until Devontae Smith, of course. But you know what he did? He's like, hey, if we, if we get hidden receivers in the draft, we'll just trade our draft picks for good receivers like they did with A.J. Brown. But it's just, man, they have such a good roster. They have veterans that have been to spots like here before, like Samalu, Kelsey, Lane Johnson on an offensive line. Then you got guys on the defensive line like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, who have both been on this Eagles team for 10 years plus. And then you got young guys like, obviously, the offense is built around Jalen Hurts. Miles Sanders is young. He is on a contract year, so it'll, it remains to be seen if they bring him back or not. But receiving core like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, their top four guys, all young, all under contract for the foreseeable future. Dallas Goddard is a young guy. And then you got left guard Landon Dickerson in his second year, who's been a good starter. And then Jordan Mailata. I can't believe we haven't talked about him yet, besides his singing voice in that Christmas album. Because, <laughs> oh my goodness, he is one of my favorite stories in the NFL. Jordan Mailata, when he was drafted by the Eagles a few years ago, he had never played football in his life. He was an Australian rugby star from Australia, lived there. He was a star rugby player and decided, you know what, I'm going to give football a shot. He um, reached out to some teams, trying to get some workouts in to be drafted. He was a seventh-round pick by the Eagles in that draft. And I think in that same draft, they took Andre Dillard, right now is the, is the backup to Mylotta, in the first round as an offensive lineman. And Andre Dillard has been disappointing in his time with the Eagles, you know, being picked in the first round, just that he hasn't carved out a starting role. But he's definitely a solid depth piece. But Jordan Mylotta's road to becoming probably a top-five left tackle in the, off, in the NFL is just crazy. I mean, he had never played football before. They took him in the seventh round of the draft, and a year or two ago, he got his big contract. I mean, he's their blindside guy. How about those seventh-round picks, right? I know. Pacheco, Mylotta. 
Um, let's move on to the Chiefs' defense because I think, you know, they also have some guys up front that have been really impressive this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Chris Jones right now, I think, first of all, best player on the Chiefs' defense. I don't think it's questionable. I don't think it's a debate. Chris Jones would be my pick right now to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he is just a one-man wrecking crew on the interior defensive line for the Chiefs. And it's just like, you know, when you look at the Eagles, it's like there's so many different guys. Mm-hmm. For, the, for the Chiefs' defense, it's Chris Jones. Yeah, it's Chris Jones. I mean, you got guys like, you know, Carlos Dunlap, Derek Nadi, Kalen Saunders, who are like, you know, they're serviceable guys. They're pretty good. They're good enough to start, you know, to fill in that foundation. But Chris Jones is the superstar of that defense. He is what gives teams fits. All day. For sure. Like, in the AFC Championship game, he, he actually got his first postseason sack of his career against the Bengals. And it not, was very, a, he's not very hard to do against the Bengals, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, but, but for sure, it's just he creates interior pressure. He stuffs the run. He can do it all. Now, he also got guys like Frank Clark rushing the edge, obviously. How about rookie George Karloftis? George Karloftis out of Purdue. Guy. He's been he's, awesome. He's, a, he's been Really good in his rookie season. The Chiefs have a very good uh, pass rush as well as a decent run defense. Now, where I think um, this is the one weakness I'd put out on any team in this, on any either of the teams in this game. Obviously, not like a real weakness of the team, but just you know, if we're talking about how well built and like perfectly built, so to speak, these teams are. I think the Chiefs' passing defense is an area that the Eagles could exploit to end up on top in this game. I think the secondary is definitely going to be, you know, under a lot of pressure to guard A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah. Smith. I mean, the, the Chiefs' secondary isn't bad by any means. But in terms of these top teams that are, you know, in the Super Bowl and the playoffs every year, I mean, it's just they don't have any real stars. I mean, you know, at linebacker, just going back to front seven, um, Nick Bolton is also has been a good player so far to start his young career. He is a good linebacker to have. But then you got, um, I mean, Trent McDuffie, the rookie, made some good plays against the Bengals. He's looking like he's good, but he's not, you know, he's not a top corner in the NFL yet, like some of these guys in the Eagles that we will get to in a second. But, I mean, Legereus Sneed, again, he's a pretty good player, but again, no stars really in the secondary. Justin Reed, getting up there in age, but he's, he's been a good player all of his years, and then Juan Thornhill, you just have, he's another young guy. Their secondary is filled with a lot of young guys that have high potential, but they haven't really, none of them I don't think I would call elite just yet. And so that's an area where I think the Eagles could take advantage of. Um, but it's not a bad unit by any means. I mean, like we said before, spearheaded by Chris Jones. They should be able to hold their own to the extent, but that's just, I think both of us have, both of us have the Eagles winning this game. And I just think this is an area the Eagles are going to kind of dominate not not dominate in a sense that they're going to blow the Chiefs out but I think the Eagles are definitely going to have the upper hand in the passing game yeah and you know I honestly thought that the line of uh Eagles minus one and a half was kind of interesting because I don't know I just think that I don't think it's going to be that close I mean I, I personally believe that um once the Eagles have a lead you know they have all the players necessary to draw the game out and to run away with it yeah. at least by more than one and a half points yeah the, the eagles have been really good at protecting leads this season but i have to admit um i don't agree with you on the fact i just don't think it's i don't think it's gonna be a blowout or anything like that i think it's gonna be a really close game i think it's gonna come down to a, a wire and i think the, the wire and i think that's what most fans want to see out of this one i mean if we want to talk about um the secondaries of these teams going back to the eagles i mean talk about some steals, okay? 
couple years ago, traded Darius Slay, or sorry, traded a third round pick to get Darius Slay from the Lions. He's been as locked down as they come for them. Um, and then another guy, James Bradbury, top corner on the Giants last year. He was a cap casualty going into the season, and the Eagles signed him to, I think it was like a one-year, $10 million deal. James Bradbury has been also like arguably a top five corner in the league this year. So the duo they have, the veteran duo of Slay and Bradbury, is just crazy. Like that's, I'm sure they'll play, they'll probably be playing a lot of zone against the Chiefs. I think they'll just have great games. I they're just sound at every position on defense, yeah. on offense. It's the, yeah, Mahomes is just. Like I said, I think Mahomes, if anyone's going to take down this Eagles defense, it's Mahomes. I think it's arguably Mahomes' toughest test of his entire career. Honestly, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, Especially obviously the coming Bucks, off this, this yeah. ankle injury, right? Oh, that's, that's a great point, actually. We haven't gotten to that yet. He's going to be less uh, mobile in the pocket and out of the pocket. You know, may, maybe not. Maybe it can heal a little bit. He's gotten two weeks of rest since the AFC Championship game. But he'll probably, if I had to guess, still be walking a little bit gingerly out there. So that makes things even tougher for him. I mean, Eagles secondary again. Uh, Sean Payton earlier this week was talking about how he doesn't know why the Saints traded C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles. He thought it was a steal. It was like a couple of mid-round draft picks or like a sixth and a fourth or a sixth and a fifth. Something like that the Eagles sent to the Saints for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who led the league in interceptions during the regular season this year, a strong safety. I mean... And he was hurt for the last couple weeks of the regular season, but he's, got back, he's been back for the playoffs. And in his stead, Reed Blankenship filled in really well to earn himself a starting spot. So Reed Blankenship and C.J. Garner-Johnson are going to be the two safeties that are probably going to start for the Eagles. Uh, Marcus Epps is probably also going to get some run out there. Uh, we haven't talked about um, Avante Maddox yet. He's the Eagles nickel guy who, you know, he's been in the Eagles a couple of years now and has really found a, carved out a role for himself in this defense being a starting nickel back. No complaints there either. I mean, yeah, it's just a very complete team. For sure. Honestly, Patrick, I think that uh, that's a wrap. All right, guys. You heard the man. That's been a wrap on the first ever episode of The Draft Room. We hope all of you enjoyed it. I'm really excited for this game, man. I'm I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I'm going to be seeing it with – I got some Eagles fans in my family. I'm going to be seeing it with them in Philly. Um, Hopefully the Eagles pull it out. I'm going to be pulling for them, obviously. But Yeah, uh, my roommate who's an Eagles fan will be out of town. So, unfortunately, I won't get to hear him. Uh, <laughs> him screaming at the TV. Him screaming yeah. at the TV. Hopefully not too much. But, you know, I'm, I'm really just so excited for this matchup. I think it's going to be one of the better Super Bowls we've had of late. So many storylines. So many storylines like we talked about. It's just, it's really going to be a fun game. And I'm excited for the future of this podcast. I am too. I you think, um, obviously, we're primarily going to be talking about um, the draft and prospects. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff with that coming up. You know, draft season's right around the corner. Corner As a Bears fan, I can't wait for it at all. It's one of the it's most just, exciting off-seasons yeah, I, the Bears have had I, in a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The Bears have so many resources. So much cap space. Yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. But, again, mostly draft-related going forward. We'll talk about off-season free agency, rumor mill, stuff all like that but um yeah that seems like it's a wrap um we'll see you next week for an episode we'll be going into our favorite quarterbacks from this year's draft class and seeing if they have any teams that would be good fits for them but anyways thanks for watching thanks for watching patrick rossiello and jacob Bronson. it's been a wrap